Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we look at the NA All-Stars game, some shakeups in the league, and our thoughts on the upcoming Halloween event. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's gameplay section of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are going to be breaking down the North American All-Star game for y'all this week. Uh, how have you been, Kevin? And how is just life and gaming life in general? And just how is it Everything. being, Kevin? Uh, it, it's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually doing a lot of weird things over October. Um, I'm doing the 24-hour stream on Friday um i've been drawing i've been doing the quote-unquote inktober and i'm not an artist Ooh. so it's been taking me a long time i'm doing animes that have gotten me through quarantine like uh-huh and anime manga that has gotten me through quarantine so today is uh what the seventh day um i'm doing loop on the third so we'll see how that turns out um but yeah, I, I've been doing that. I've been hanging out with a lot of friends, um, not virtually, just because like I'm helping them move into their new place. So um, that was one of the things I did over the weekend. Um, and yeah, I, I've been casting. I've been working on hosting a lot more um, mm-hmm. recently. Um, it was a small interview that I had with a guy from MagWest um on saturday like my entire no sunday my entire sunday was like completely packed like in the morning i had a valorant post thing that i had to do so i was introducing the stream um it's for golden coast invitational so if you guys want to see the best collegiate valorant scene that i got going on right now um i'm helping out with the hosting of that um that went from like 12 to 3 and then I had an interview at 5.30. And then I had uh, I went out to Kumo and V's place, uh, hang out with them for a bit. Um, and then I just like crashed at their place. So it was, it was a really busy Sunday, but um, I'm glad I was able to get around to watching at least a little bit of the highlights of this All-Star match. Uh, how about you? How's, how's everything going on your end? Um, it's been pretty good. I haven't been doing much gaming wise just because work and other things and, and whatnot. Uh, I did start listening to the audiobook of the Sandman by Neil Gaiman. And on one hand, it's like really immersive and I really like it. But on the other hand, like a lot of the voices are not what I pictured in my head. Like I love Taron Edgerton. He's great in, um, Kingsman, but he's a little bit too young to play John Constantine um cat dennings is not what i imagined when i pictured the voice of death i felt like she would be a little bit more huskier and mature and cat dennings is a little bit too high pitched in my 
a view of death, but like maybe that's the point, and it's supposed to kind of subvert expectations. Um, and like everybody does like the same ideas for like demon voices in every single medium. It's like slightly echoey, like super low pitched. Like it's it's I think it's a little bit overdone. I would have liked more of a subversive aspect there, but um, I would highly recommend it if you like spooky audiobooks and things like that. Uh, Neil Gaiman's fantastic in everything he does. So if you like Coraline and you want like a more adult version of something like that, like go for go for Sandman. Um, this is a, li- a thing that I saw on Twitter recently, which is like not the most um, age appropriate, but so, I mean, it's been going around in a lot of Overwatch uh, players have been uh, commenting on it and just completely trolling this guy. I don't know who he is. Uh, his name is Aubrey Huff. Somehow he has a blue check mark. I guess he has a podcast or whatever. Um, his his just to preface his description on his Twitter is proud father, two time WS champ, pro America, pro God, Trump twenty twenty. His tweet was: Grown ass men that play video games, ask yourself this: When is the last time you've been laid? Uh, I know Again, Sinatra. Yeah. I know Sinatra so, posted a, a comment. It's like five minutes ago. Five minutes ago, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, excuse me, if you look at this guy, he's like disgusting, more middle-aged, like 40s dude, holding a gun, looking up at the sky, blue lives matter flag in the background. Defend the police on his shirt. Defend is somehow, for some reason, hyphenated. Like, you look like you haven't been, honestly, you look like you haven't been laid in like 10 years. And it's like, you look at Sinatra, you look at Baby Bane, like, you know, you know they're getting action. Like, I mean, I mean, just look at Baby Bay. I mean, Baby Bay man. literally, like, posts this thing. He's like, done smashing, time to smashing game. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. You can't be doing us like that. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. I love Baby Bay so much. Yeah. Like, like, he just looks fantastic. Like, just that smolder. Yeah, you, you can't you can't say no to, like, this, this man is, like, insane. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the responses are. Coming I'm out, looking at his uh, World later. Cup photo right now, and my God, that smolder is so intense. Being a gamer and getting late are not mutually exclusive, okay? Like mm-hmm. it, it, there's a Venn diagram. Yes, it's unlikely, but like it, <laughs> it happens. It, there, there's some overlay, okay? <laughs> oh, there's definitely, there's definitely some overlay, especially like all the gamers who like meet their significant others over like games like Overwatch or, or Minecraft or call of duty or Fortnite or whatever so it's like oh yeah. dude like you, you picked the wrong battle here you really yeah. did <laughs> anyway let's get into more appropriate topics i suppose namely the all-star match for the na region uh what were your thoughts of it overall kevin before we go into like more of a detailed breakdown um i thought it was kind of fun to to see a couple of these guys go off um I really like Tiny Overwatch. <laughs> I, I just think it's a really fun mode. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just an interesting match in general. Yeah. Um, same thoughts here. I thought it, for some reason I, I enjoyed it a lot more than watching the APAC region. Maybe because I'm more familiar with who's on the uh, NA teams than I am with APAC. Um, and they also just looked like they were having more fun with it than the APAC players. But maybe it's just because they're like, they keep their emotions so close to the chest. Like again, the only who was the the only person who was like actually looking like they had fun was Prophet. Yeah. The entire time. Whereas here it's like you can tell like 
Super's having the time of his life. Um, Dante accidentally like swore, and that was like a whole funny thing that happened there. Um, and like, I don't know, it just it was. I feel like it was more manageable too. Like we had less events. Yes, um, it would have been fantastic. I think to see them do the uh, the flood of deadlift challenge to do um, maybe the uh, the Genji skill challenge, but like it was from what we had it was like enough content to keep us happy and give us something to watch without being too overwhelming so starting with the talent takedown i guess uh we had a vast and dogman casting so it was cool to see the the old pros being brought in for uh for some level of of support in this and they they did a fantastic job casting like i don't know if they have uh casting experience outside of just watching the game and talking about it but they did really good um, so it was Team Custa and Team Jake. Um, the drafts were done over Plat Chat. Uh, Team Custa was Reinforce, ZP, Frankie, Mr. X, Hex, and of course Custa. Whereas Jake was Team Jake was uh, was Jake, Bren, Zoe, Jaws, Uber, and Sideshow. Uh, what I really liked about this was that although they were playing for money, it wasn't for them. They were playing for donations to a charity of the winner's choice. So Team Custa was playing for the United Negro College Fund whereas Jake was playing for Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, the winner would get $50,000, and the runner-up would get $25,000. So that was an aspect that I really liked about it. There, was, um, there were stakes there. So it wasn't just for fun. Like, they were playing for a good cause. Um, and so the, the different map breakup, it was, I think, best of three. Um, map one was a Genji Tracer on King's Row. Map two was Goats on Rialto. Uh, map three was Widow, Widow, Widow Tracer on Lijong. And then map four would be a standard 6v6 tiebreaker on Oasis. We didn't get to the uh, map four. I wish this is how they formatted the actual all-star matches with like the most boring map being, um, or most boring match type being the tiebreaker at the end. But overall, it was, it, was, uh, it was fun to see how the talent plays. I didn't realize that Bren was as good as he is. Yeah, and I'm always surprised whenever I see Bren play. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where you're like, Man, this guy's just a troll, man. We don't, yeah. I don't worry about him. And then you see him on Widow and you're like, oh, God. Widow, Ryan, like he was honestly popping off on whatever role they put him on. So I'm like, oh, Bren can actually play. He doesn't just talk about it. Yeah, it, he can back it up um, a little bit. I mean, we'll, we'll, we know what happens later on. But like, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. it was just really cool. I'm really glad that they switched. You know, they kept the standard one at the very end um they originally i think it was the other talent takedown they started out with a regular like game right uh oh like the other talent takedown i think they started with standard or something like that i didn't watch the other talent takedown i yeah didn't i don't know who, who those people are yeah um i think they started out with the standard 6v6 so we never actually got around to playing all of them so i'm glad that they did all the weird ones first um yeah because that's what makes it fun. Zoe is the triple talent takedown champion. Like she's won every single year. Like she's been on the winning team, which is weird because like she looked very kind of uh, out of it. I hope nothing's wrong on her end, considering like why she's not in America right now. But like, I I don't know. Is she a good luck charm for for that team for whatever team she's on? I, I think so. I think <laughs> whoever gets Zoe. It just gets a plus something to their team. Um, it just worked out well. I don't. I don't know what's up, but um, on paper, honestly, on paper, I was like, you know, Custis team is stacked. Like he, 
he got reinforced early um and you know that's that's a big up already yeah um but i i was really surprised like the second that we you know jake bren um i feel i feel like you know bren and you already have their own chemistry so it should be really solid going into it i liked seeing uh jake and zp go head to head on the dps roles because they cast together their casting yeah. partners so it's like a little bit of fun rivalry there i think overall the 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 great thing about seeing the talent takedown is like we we never see unless you watch their streams which i don't often i don't really do unless you like do that you never see these people who are talking about our game play it so it's it's crazy to see like the different skill levels like like i said i, I didn't expect bren to be that good um and it was just great to see custa and uh, jake play again yeah it, it's just fun to watch these guys like i when i was originally there like when when i was watching the first season with like danny playing i was like I could play. I could play Ryan better than Danny. I think I think take Danny any day of the week. It's like I wanted to be on that stage so bad, um, but yeah, it it just looked like a lot of fun. Like this whole thing is just for fun, anyways. Um, but honestly, just to like watch the the talent take down and just see how much fun these guys are having, uh, mm-hmm. it's it's really it's really good. You know the one thing that you'll ha- that Danny will have that you'll never have, Kevin. Uh, the awkward, awkward hugs. Yeah, yeah. Awkward, uh, oh my god. The thing is, like, I, when he's not <laughs> trying to do that, I think he's okay. It's just that, like, I feel like that's his focus. It's just he's like, I need like, one hug per, <laughs> I need one hug per broadcast minimum. It is just, like I, I, he was talking to Prophet in a video online this week, and like, it's fine when he's just talking when he can't force a hug, but like when he's. When he's at Blizzard Arena, when he's like, there's also the time pressure that he has to do to like do it quickly, speak in English, speak in Korean. So that's on like on his mind too. But the way he can he he talks to them on that stage, it just he feels so distracted. I feel like he's thinking about like, okay, who am I gonna have him hug this time? That's like that's the forefront in his brain, the Danny hug. Yeah, it's it's gonna be a <laughs> it's gonna be a drinking game whenever we get back to the the good old days. <laughs> just. Whenever, whenever Danny forces a hug, take a shot. <laughs> okay, so the widow one v one. It was just, it's pretty much the uh, the same as um, the last weeks in the APAC region with a couple of changes. Um, it was for, again, it was first to five headshots only, control point after sixty seconds, um, uh, two crouches per second, five uh, minute time limit. The winner gets fifteen thousand dollars. The runner up gets seven and a half thousand. Um, except the differences in this north american version of the game is that um they turned off the opposition reveal so they it didn't let you know where the other widow maker would be after 60 seconds they just left it hidden and instead of changing maps uh they only stayed on um only castillo yeah castillo they kept it on castillo um which i think was better because it's like it's a more controlled space you don't have just like pillars everywhere that you could really hide behind um, yeah. you've got your hidey holes but you have enough like nooks and crannies where you could peek in through their hidey holes so um it was it was fairly i was i was honestly more interested in this than i was in the uh, apac one just because i feel like the action was more intense and um, i think the rounds were a lot quicker um so first off shockwave versus linkser uh, i had linkser winning this one and he did but shockwave did take two kills on him so it wasn't just a steamroll um dalton versus color hex i feel like color hex was the uh the favorite for this one going in 
but Dalton beat him uh, 5-3. KSP versus Soon. Um, I honestly, as much as I love Soon and the Paris Eternal, I had my money on KSP, um, but KSP lost 5-1. Logix versus Onigod was a 2-5. So um, we had a little bit of a halftime. I don't know why we needed a halftime um, in, in this or why they kept changing casters. Um, but for the semifinals, it was Linkser versus Dalton. Uh, and this one got fairly close. It was a five to three. Um, semifinals versus Soon and Onigod. There was a weird moment here. I didn't think that we'd ever have to worry about, like, you know how the part of the contingency is point cap after um, 60 seconds? Um, I never thought that that would actually, we'd actually get to that. But Soon won the first point with a point cap. Onigod just wasn't able to get to it in time and i don't think any of us expected how fast that point capped it's like three seconds in the point caps but soon won this one just five to zero and for the finals it was linkser versus soon first to nine i don't want to keep track of who it was but linkser won uh linkser won the fifteen thousand dollars which gave him a lot more winnings than i think he previously had being on the outlaws we did have which was, this was the mystery event, I guess, that they were talking about. It was a boss battle between Linkser and Bren, and Linkser won it 5-0. to zero. Bren was just being the fantastic troll that he is. But overall, I feel like because this 1v1 just moved a lot faster, I think it was a much more enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, it it moves quicker. The, the fact that they didn't reveal makes it... Uh more entertaining in a way like you don't know where they're coming from so it's just a matter of reacting to where where they can or aren't so they definitely i guess they did really learn from what happened last week where it was just it was a it was painful to watch last week's 1v1 yeah it's just it took way too long it felt like the the timing of it was just way too slow so I'm glad that they are um they were working that out. Yeah, and map wise too, like when they were on um Acropolis, yeah, on the Necropolis one, like if you get high ground, you automatically pretty much win. Um uh, whoever takes high ground first has that advantage. I feel like with um Castillo, you don't really have that just because there are so many like nooks, crannies, like buildings to hide behind. Um so I felt it was just in general a more balanced game too. I'm just glad that they put it on a on you know a map that's easier to see it's not 100 percent darkness all the time um absolutely like i i would much rather have it i feel like castillo is one of the better maps for 1v1s um and you know it's better to look at than literally all the other maps there was you know you have the choice between um castillo uh eagle point antarctica dark forest or necropolis like Casillo's the easiest to look at. Yeah. And it's just pretty. <laughs> yeah. So moving on to the actual match of the All-Star Games, we had Team Diva for the Pacific region, I repping that uh, Diva Celestial skin, and Team Reinhardt on the Atlantic the division representing that uh, Gaia Reinhardt skin. The winner of this gets $75,000. They made a big deal about that number because um, if Dante won, which he did, he'd be more than doubling the amount of money that he earned in his entire Overwatch career from winnings. 
um, $7,500. And so Team Diva, coached by Kuki, was Space, Kariv, KSB, Moth, Shockwave, Agilities, Hydration, McGravy, FD God, and Ben Best. Team Reinhardt, Coach KDG was Super Funny Astro, Dante Poco, Dogman Soon, Nico, Jexa, Crimzo, and Nevix. My money was on Team Reinhardt just because you had the a lot of the San Francisco Shock players, plus you had Dante on there, and like Dante is my favorite player in this league. Um, who are you pulling for, Kevin? Uh, on the paper, it was just really interesting to see like what the teams had already. Like, I feel like Team Diva had a lot of really solid pieces together, but Team Reinhardt has like old synergy, which is something that like mm-hmm. you can't. That's something you can't train. That's something that just comes with it. Like, you literally have old elements of Shock Season One on this team. Um, like. This is before they picked up Moth. So it's literally like Super Dante and Nevix all playing together. It's, it's just like a... It's a SF Shock reunion kind of in a way. Mm-hmm. And then Moth is on the other side like crying with his team. So it, it'd be like that. <laughs> I mean, Moth, did, Moth played well. Yeah, Moth, Moth still played well. It's just like he wasn't invited to the SF Shock old person party. Mm-hmm. Okay. So each each map was... It's pretty much the same as we had in the APAC region. Uh, first one is standard 6v6 on Blizzard World. Map 2, the opponent blind pick on Rialto. Um, Tiny Overwatch on Lijong. And then map 4, which we never got to, which I really wanted to see, was all damage, all tank, all support as a tiebreaker on Ilios. Um, so first one, standard uh, Blizzard World. You had your starters for Team uh, Diva, KSP Shockwave, Hydration, McGravy, Kariv, and Moth. Starters for Ryan. Dante, Soon, Super, Poco, Jexa, and Dogman. I don't really know how to break these down because I don't feel like they were playing super seriously. Yes, money is on the line, but it's like they they don't have the same kind of synergy as they would as a normal team. Um, and I do feel like they were still like mainly playing for fun. Um, but Team Reinhardt won their first round, pushed it all the way to the end with one minute and 26 seconds left in the bank. Team Diva was able to cap, but they didn't cap with enough time left in the bank the captain overtime so the best they could hope for was um a tie although team reinhardt was able to win on their second attack they got that first point cap on point a and i feel like this one was just i feel like this map really showed how how like how team reinhardt was able to really bully forward and how team diva like their defense wasn't the best in this i guess but again, it's like, I, I don't know if we could really break these down like we would normally do with normal teams. Yeah, the, these main, like, games are not something that we need to, like, completely dissect. I just think it was just a fun event in general. Oh, it was absolutely fun to watch. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, like, like, the weird things really happen. Like, if you look on Rialto, um, I don't really fully understand this game mode. I think what's supposed to happen is your team's supposed to pick what you're running um with the idea that like you're forcing them to play something that they don't want to play but like in this in this matchup and in the apac region it ended up being the same so i guess i don't know if it was a gentleman's agreement just to play the same loadout or if it just happened this way um but both teams were playing genji widowmaker reinhardt zario lucio and anna team diva was running um, KSB, Agilities, Ben Best, Space, FD God, and Kariv. 
Team Ryan was playing Nico, Soon, Super, Nevix, Funny Astro, and Crimzo. Um, and so Team Diva did win this one, but this I feel like was just them screwing around a lot too because at the very beginning of Team Reinhardt's attack, uh, there was a, a 1v1 Lucio going on between Astro and FD God just over the canals. And I don't think anyone really expected it to happen, but it did. And it was just, they're like, don't nobody kill the Lucios. We're going to have a 1v1. Um, and it was really fun to watch them do that. FD God did lose to Funny Astro, who I think Funny Astro is my favorite Lucio to watch in the game right now. Um, but that did cost Team Reinhardt two minutes. So they had less time really to push than they would have liked. Um, I don't know if that came back to haunt them in the end where they, they had less time to play than uh, Team Diva did. They had those two minutes missing. Um, but I think, I think just in general, Team Diva was better at managing their ultimates here. There was a lot of just ultimate-only fights, and that was determined by how people played their ultimates. But again, I feel like it wasn't... Like, the tone of this one was definitely not serious at all just because you started with the Lucio 1v1. Yeah, that, that was something that was, like, funny to watch, but if this were, like, a serious game, you'd be like, both of them are throwing. Like, this is... <laughs> yeah. This is not something that I would call out here. Like, I'd be so mad. I'd be so mad if this was happening into an actual game. And then for the, the map that everybody liked watching, which was map three, Tiny Overwatch on Lijong. Um, you had on Team Diva, Shockwave, Agility, Space, McGravy, Kariv, and Moth. Team Ryan was Dante, Soon, Super Poco, Funny Astro, and Crimzo. Um, we did go to all three points here. Um, and this was, like, as much as APAC region, Tiny Overwatch was fun to see, this one was just absolutely bonkers because no one was dying. And I feel like they were able, like, they said that they were thinking of strategies, like, mid-match is how to, like, best counter what the opponents were doing. Yeah, this is a really fun, like, mode in general. If you haven't played Tiny Overwatch, like, hop into a custom game and do it. Um, I believe on I Twitter like, they posted the code for the workshop mode that they were using. Yeah, so it's just a matter of like getting people together to play it, or just get lucky and hope that somebody's playing it in your general area. But um, yeah, it's just a really fun mode in general. Like the more kills you get, the bigger you get. But it's just you. It also means that your hitbox is bigger, and damage scales accordingly. So it's just a matter of like trying to figure out how to take down like a raid boss almost. What's funny that I didn't I don't think I really noticed when the APAC region was playing it is how like the speed changes for your characters. Like when you're super tiny, you're super fast and zippy. When you're a a, a giant character, it's like you're walking through syrup. Yeah, you're you're huge, but movement speed is not in your favor. Um, so it's just really interesting to see. And the thing about vi these matchups is like the it took forever for points to flip. Like the overtime on uh, Garden was absolutely insanely long. It was way too long. Uh, we were at 99 for uh, Team Diva, and then Team Reinhardt was just trying their best to flip. They kept trickling in, and it was just so many minutes of just trickle in, trickle in, trickle in. Um, and even when one side would start getting the kills, and normally would be enough to flip a point, um, the speed of the tiny characters was just so much that they could get back to the point so fast. Yeah, that's like 
half of the game mode. It's just like knowing that you you have the speed advantage in order to recontest, um, but you might not have the health pool. So that's the interesting yeah. part of it. And like it became a strategy to make sure that you're small when you go and attack because um, what was happening was whenever like there was an all small team versus an all giant team, the giant team was d- deleted really, really quickly because they're moving so slowly. They can't hit the small characters and they they're like, they're just such a huge target. It just needed to be like quicker, you know? Yeah. Um, but it does make sense. It's a really nice like way of like balancing out the game in general. So it's just really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think the in- most interesting strategy that uh, Super pointed out was that his team wanted to keep at least one character small. So if you're looking on control center, there's a point in, there's that little center area where the point is. There's that little um, pole that goes up in the middle. And then Super's just sitting there on his Winston, just not doing anything. And um, I forget who was casting this. I think it was Sideshow and I think it was... Was it? I don't remember who was casting, but um, they're like, wait, what is Super doing? Is he throwing? Is he just kind of done with this map intentionally? But like what he was doing is because he's so small, he's so hard to see. And what he was doing was he was keeping himself small so that when he needed someone to contest the point that he was able to do so and able to have a little bit more sustainability. Yeah, that, that's just a smarter play. It's just like hiding in plain sight. It's when you're, you're trying to cap the point and then realize that there's a Lucio on the drum uh the Lucios were so like they they were so key at like keeping these points uh contested yeah it's just really important to know like all those things are available so um yeah i just hope we get to see a couple more of these games uh maybe as like fun side events with the teams themselves um but yeah it is a really interesting thing to see i kind of want them to make this like one of those permanent arcade modes yeah, I feel like it would be really cool to see as an arcade like rotation mode. Oh, I mean, I pointed out earlier we didn't get any roll stars for the uh, the a- for the NA region. We had our APAC all our roll stars. We had our APAC roll stars, but we didn't get any for North America. So overall takeaways from the uh, All Star Games, both NA and uh, APAC, Kevin. Um, I-, I would just say like if you like any of these game modes play them that's pretty much all it's been it's just like if you like what you see try it out i think the fun was definitely my takeaway from this like tiny overwatch is something that we normally wouldn't see in owl but being able to watch these players just go completely insane with it doing things that they probably wouldn't have been able to before like dante on his uh his echo got like a three meteor strike shower on that garden phase which was probably something he wouldn't be able to normally if like his characters were normal sized. But I think like th- that addition of fun, um, which we, we more saw the, the NA region care players having more fun, than, like outwardly showing that they were having fun than the uh, um, APAC region ones. But I mean, it's just, it's a break. It, it's yes, it's for money, but it's not like super high pressure. And I feel like definitely with everything that's been going on, I feel like the, uh, the players really needed something that, uh, took their mind off of just the stress. It's a good way of like saying that you should take a break, you know, play play something fun. It doesn't always have to be try hard twenty four seven. You can do weird things. Uh, 
in pretty much any game as long as everybody's okay with it. So just like, yeah, have, have fun. So tomorrow, uh, we're recording this on Wednesday the 7th, so tomorrow officially starts the uh, grand finale, the grand finals for this season of the Overwatch League. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we have the Philly Fusion, the San Francisco Shock, the Shanghai Dragons, and the Seoul Dynasty all vying for that coveted title of best in the Overwatch League. Starting on Thursday, which is tomorrow. Uh, good luck, everybody. Uh, at 4 a.m. <laughs> our oh. time. Uh, Soul versus the Shock is going to be playing. Um, and at 6 a.m., it's going to be the Fusion versus the Dragons. Um, yeah, and then moving on after that, Friday is going to be... Um, I think there's another... I don't know if it's another round... Oh, it's to determine who gets the last piece, I think. I have no idea how this works. Um, but they said that they... The, the final game is supposed to be October 10th at 6 a.m. But there's a couple more games in between Friday, apparently. I don't there's three games on Friday that are scheduled. Like there's a block of three games on Friday. Um I'm guessing it's from what I'm looking at here, uh Soul's playing the shock, fusion is playing the dragons. Oh, it's so, a double elim. Okay. That, yeah, that's elim. what I was so they're playing that. And then I guess on Friday, it's gonna be losers bracket elims plus the winners bracket, and then Saturday is gonna be for the championship yeah okay that, that makes sense now so yeah thursday we we get the two original matches the losers are going to be facing each other in the losers bracket um and then whoever loses in the the one down you know you know how double elim works i, I don't have to really yeah. explain it uh but yeah we're gonna we're gonna have a, quite a bit this entire weekend um i'm gonna try to watch as much of this while sleep deprived so uh we'll we'll see how it goes i feel like it's gonna be shock v dragons at the end i, I really want it to be shock versus dragons um i feel like the first meetup though it's gonna be the most important one right you know because that determines where you if you move to the losers bracket or not it determines who has that second chance yeah and that's one thing that i'm like kind of interested in is like let's say like the shock and the dynasty like the the shock lose do they do their losers bracket sweep thing again or do do they like slowly inch their way forward like they did in the past couple tournaments like Mm -hmm. i feel like we are gonna have like a really extreme like comeback story regardless of what happens yeah i feel like i feel like soul i'm very proud of how they've been able to push their troubles throughout the season to make it to the finals bracket this is their first time being in the grand finals so this is definitely a big moment for them i definitely don't think that they can pull it off against the shock um and out of the losers they've beaten shanghai before but it's been very tough um philly i think could could pull out something weird that they're not prepared for um, and beat them. I feel like I don't feel like Seoul has a chance to make it to the end. Um, well, I mean, they, they do have a chance. I just I don't think it's likely at all. Um, I feel like Philly could upset the Shanghai Dragons and do something there. Um, so I think there's a chance we could end up seeing uh, San Francisco and Philly at the end too. Yeah, it, it is one of those things where I hope that whatever happens here, like we're just going to have good matches throughout the mm-hmm. entire oh, time. Oh, this is going to be good no matter what. Yeah, like all these matches are going to be great. So 
regardless of the outcome, I mean, I, I have serious biases, but we'll see how <laughs> we'll see how the rest of this plays out. I'm glad it's a double elim. All right. Anything else that we uh we wanted to add? Um I mean, speaking of my biases, I might as well go into it. Um, the San Francisco shock, before they flew out to Korea, they had an online call with everyone um, who won a ring with the shock. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying, we're going to do our best to try to get you your ring. Um, or they're going to like send it through the mail, so hopefully they get them. But it was really cool to see like where everybody's been. Like the the first the i feel like the really funny thing though about watching all of this is knowing uh knowing twilight is in the room <laughs> twilight is just sitting in the room as they give out the ring that he would have won <laughs> uh, so he's more and more motivated about it but it was just a really good video of um the the owner saying like okay yeah we we acknowledge most of the people in this room aren't going to be getting a ring but the people who do um like we deserve to like give it to them so it was cool to see them they called up nevix um they called up nevix told him like he's getting a ring they called up architect and architect was like oh yeah when you guys are done with quarantine and after after the finals in korea you guys want to hang out and stuff uh like he's just he's still really happy about like his time on the team uh they called up sinatra and (laughs) they did the (laughs) They did a thing where they were just like, oh, who do you have? Who do you have first round? And he's like, oh, we play against Seoul. And he's like looking at the roster. He's like, oh, this is easy shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, this is typical Sinatra. And he's like, yeah, you guys got this. No problem. No problem. You know, 4-0 everyone, just like last year. And you're just like, like, he's still very much a part of the team, even though he's not playing with them. Like, everybody, that's one thing that they said about, like, the Shock themselves. The Shock is more of a family. And like just getting together and being able to talk about everything together as a squad was really important. So it was cool to just see everybody get a ring. Like they gave Coach Nine K a ring, um, and I think he's he plays for he works for the Defiant, I think. Um, but yeah, they were just giving out like all of the rings to like everybody who helped out last year. So it was really cool to see. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning into this week's uh, gameplay section. Tune in next week where we'll be covering the end of our season, the grand finals. Finally, we've made it. Hooray. All right. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you next week. Next week, we close out season three of the league and cover the grand finals. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.